Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday, January 11th, 528 a.m. Central Time. Grain markets are mixed this morning. March corn futures up three quarters of a cent at 460 and a quarter. March soybeans up eight and a quarter at 1244 and three quarters. March Chicago wheat down a half at 610 and a quarter. March Kansas City wheat down a quarter at 624 and a quarter. March spring wheat up one and a half at 709 and a quarter. Brazil's government had a report out yesterday. They sure did. So yesterday, CONAB, Brazil's version of the USDA, lowered its estimate for Brazil's soybean crop by 4.2% to 155.3 million tons. Despite the reduction, Brazil, Brazil is still expected to produce a record crop this season. Brazil is also slated to remain the world's top soybean exporter, exporting an estimated 98.4 million tons. CONAB also lowered its estimate for Brazil's corn crop by almost almost 11% to 117.6 million tons. Corn exports are anticipated to fall to 35 million tons, down substantially from 56 million tons last year. Nobody seems to be overly interested in the corn numbers out of Brazil because the second corn crop, which is three quarters of the production, hasn't been planted yet. So we're not overly concerned about that. When it comes to soybeans, I've adjusted this chart again. So I threw the CONAB number in. And I've got Argentina adjusted up to 50 million because I kind of think that that's what the trade is working with. So if you take this number, if you think the CONAB number is real, and I think most people believe that CONAB is kind of slow playing this thing and that ultimately they'll be down into the maybe low 150s. But you know what? It's been raining in Brazil. It's raining in Brazil again this morning. And the, the weather pattern has absolutely flipped. So if you're uh, to believe that these are the real numbers. Here's how it looks. You've got combined Brazil and Argentina soybean production at 205.3 million metric tons. The prior record was 185.7. So you're talking an increase of 19.6 million metric tons or about 10.5% from the prior record. So you're talking big crops. And this is part of the reason that the soybean market has been under pressure. No matter which way you slice the estimates as of right now, it looks like a record combined. And a lot of that has to do with the Argentina number. You look at Argentina, 25 up to 50. They had a drought disaster last year, and now they're going to recover the way that it looks. And it's early. It's very early. This is just kind of what I believe the trade is thinking right now. Again, it's raining in Brazil this morning in, in Mato Grosso and elsewhere. They've got some rain in some northern uh, areas of Argentina. Again, they've been in pretty good shape. And the forecast looks good. So none of this was surprising. And uh, one of the questions I, I keep getting, and I, I've mentioned it several times this week, like, where's the surprise going to be in, in tomorrow's USDA report? It's not going to be here. It's not going to be in the South American production numbers. We know that USDA is going to cut the uh, Brazilian soybean number. We know that USDA is going to cut the Brazilian corn number. So when it inevitably happens, it's not a surprise. If there's going to be a surprise, it's going to be here. In last year's uh, corn or soybean crops, the, the estimate there, you see nobody's looking for any changes, uh, no material changes expected across the board when it comes to last year's uh, U.S. corn and soybean crops. So if there's going to be a surprise, it's going to be in the place where nobody expects a change of, of any you know material substance here or maybe in the stocks numbers and maybe those things could be related but if there's going to be a surprise tomorrow guys i don't think it's in south america i think it's uh right here in the united states for better or worse 
Winter Storm Jerry is forecast to bring heavy snow and gusty winds to parts of the Plains and Midwest. The storm will drop snow across the Central Plains today. Snow is then expected to move as far east as southern Wisconsin, northern, Il northern Illinois, and northern Indiana by tonight. Snowfall and gusty winds will persist across a large portion of the Midwest on Friday. More than six inches of snow uh, could fall across a large portion of northern Illinois and into Michigan. So here we go. Naming run of the mill winter storms again. They're going to run out of names. I they mean, are. there's like, there's like what, 15 of these every winter. I mean, they're going to run yeah. out of names eventually. Uh, so Friday, like uh, tonight and then into Friday, it looks like Iowa, Missouri, um, up into Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, um, places further east is either going to be rain or snow, depending on where you're at. And then Saturday, they're talking some high winds in the morning. So uh, more fun winter weather on tap for you guys here the next few days. So if you guys have not checked out our premium content yet, you need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about the video you put together with Matt yesterday? Matt Bennett is on with me every other Wednesday, and we talk about grain marketing. The word of the day yesterday was capitulation. Are farmers giving up? Are farmers throwing in the towel as it relates to 2023 bushels of corn, soybeans, uh, maybe even wheat? We know that the markets are down and out. We know that guys are sick of paying storage, sick of paying interest, that sort of thing. Generally speaking, we believe that the farmer is undersold uh, relative to maybe a normal year if there is a such thing. Um, and that's presented some problems here. Uh, this was a, a lengthy discussion, but I think we made some good points about marketing. Um, always good stuff with Matt. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, go to standardgrain.com. You can sign up this morning. This is a $50 per month subscription. There's a new video every single business day. Our morning email goes out at 5 a.m. Central Time every day. You can cancel at any time. There's no other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. Just a ton of info direct from us every single business day. And remember, this is the best way to support what we're doing here. We have no sponsors. The premium subs are the only reason we wake up in the morning and, and are able to do this. So uh, if you're a premium sub, thank you. And if you're not, you should check it out. U.S. ethanol production increased last week. Weekly output of 1.06 million barrels increased 1.2% on the week and 26% versus the same week last year. Ethanol stocks were pegged at 24.4 million barrels. The print was up 3.4% compared to the previous week, but down marginally compared to the same week last year. Implied gasoline demand was up 4.7% compared to the previous week and 11% versus the same week last year. On average, over the last four weeks, implied U.S. gasoline demand is up 1.2% versus the same uh, the same period last year. When you look at spot uh, prices of corn, ethanol, DDGs, inputs, all that stuff, uh, the margins across the Corn Belt are maybe negative in some places, maybe positive in other places. It depends. And ideally, some of these plants may have locked up some margin when they were a little bit better. A big part of this is that the, the price of ethanol it's, uh, itself has come down and it has kind of stabilized here. Um, the Platts futures contract in the, in the 150s, 160s, somewhere in that neighborhood. All that being said, I mentioned this last week. I'll mention it again this week. The pace of U.S. ethanol production marketing year to date is running like five to 6% ahead of last year's pace. If that pace continues, through the remainder of the marketing year, USDA is 100 million to 150 million bushels too low with its uh, corn demand estimate via ethanol. So I would not be I would not be shocked at all if in tomorrow's report on Friday morning, if USDA increased its estimate for corn demand via ethanol. I don't think they're going to go up by 100 million in one shot, but if they went up by 25 or 50, that would actually be uh, totally warranted. I think given the pace of ethanol production that we're seeing here.
Economists are projecting that inflation increased last month. The December CPI is expected to have increased 0.2% compared to the previous month and 3.2% year over year. An uptick in inflation could alter the Federal Reserve's plans to cut rates this year. At its, at its December meeting, the Fed penciled in three quarter percentage point rate cuts by the end of this year. The markets, however, are anticipating six rate cuts. Fed officials have said that rate hikes are likely complete, but it's too soon to guarantee rate cuts. The, De the December CPI report will be released here this morning at 7.30 Central Time. Big report out this morning, CPI. Um, CPI and these inflation statistics in general, CPI and some of the other ones, I mean, are going to influence what the Fed does. Uh, inflation through this cycle, as it relates to CPI, peaked at 9.1% June of 2022. Last month, we were 3.1%. And what that means is that the rate of inflation uh, versus the same month last year, it's it's 3.1% higher, this basket of goods and services versus the same period last year. I know a lot of people have a lot of problems with these numbers. I don't disagree. Things are expensive, whatever. Um, there is a 70% chance of a rate cut in March, according to the CME Fed tool. That, that number had been north of 80%. It's dropped a little bit, and it will inevitably change following uh, this report later today. This is probably a bigger deal for the outside markets. This isn't going to move the corner soybean market today, but it will have an impact on interest rates, which uh, big picture impacts uh, most of you guys who are watching. On Wednesday, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission approved 11 spot Bitcoin ETFs. Everyday traders will now be able to buy and sell Bitcoin without having to own it. The new funds will begin trading here today. Bitcoin settled just below 46000 on Wednesday. Since January of last year, the digital currency has increased by 17000 Bitcoin critics claim the approval could make it challenging for the SEC to protect investors. Okay. So there were 11 of these ETFs approved for trading, and I think they're going to all start trading today. Uh, some of the names are, are big names that you've heard of. Uh, BlackRock's going to have one, Invesco, VanEck, Wisdom Tree, Fidelity, Franklin, and then some uh, kind of crypto-only type things, Bit, uh, Bitwise, Grayscale, Hashdex, Valkyrie, and BZX. So the interesting, this is really interesting to me because, um, let me rattle some statistics here. So there will ultimately only be 21 million Bitcoin in existence ever. That's the that's the most that will ever exist. Uh, to this point, 19.6 million of the 21 have been mined. Um, the amount of Bitcoin that's on exchanges, it's less than 2 million. So you've got less than 10% of your total supply that's actually available for purchase on the exchanges, um, meaning that the rest of it the remainder, 90% of it is in cold storage. Uh, people who have like taken self-custody of Bitcoin, they essentially pulled it off the exchanges. It's in cold storage. It's not available to be bought. So if if there's really that much money, these, these billions of dollars out there that wants to own these ETFs, they're chasing a very small float. They're chasing a very small amount of the Bitcoin that's in circulation, which you would think would be super bullish the market, right? I mean, it's going to drive up prices because the, those who own the 90% the of what's out there have no interest in selling it. They're just sitting on it. So you've got a small percentage being chased. I have my doubts about this. I know how markets work and um, they're not going to let every uh, baby boomer out there make money and, and 10X Bitcoin in their 401k. It's just not going to work that way. Something, something is going to happen. 
I don't know what's going to happen. This is going to be a wild ride, though. It's it's uh, pretty crazy stuff, the whole deal. Uh, what did cattle do yesterday? Uh, cattle futures were up on Wednesday. Live cattle futures closed an average of $0.24 cents higher. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of $1.01 higher. Box beef had a positive day. Choice ended the day at 283.07. That was up 291. And select ended the day at 266.94. That was up $4.11. Outside markets pretty quiet this morning, but expect some movement when those CPI numbers come out at 7:30. U.S. dollars about flat. Stocks are up just a little bit. They acted well yesterday. Uh, bonds are up. Crude oil is up a dollar 41 in the February WTI at 72.79. Have a great day, guys. We will talk to you on Friday.